0: Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermoncast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, uh... As the video directs us uh, gives us a picture of of well, the, how things are. Advent is a time of of expectancy of waiting of looking forward to what God is going to do. but uh, in this midst in a midst of this, our lives sometimes are messy and, and difficult, and uh, even as she quotes there from isaiah chapter sixty one that, that great passage that 's Uh, Jesus eventually quotes as well in Luke chapter 4 when he's announcing the beginning of his ministry. Again, this is what it says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in, in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise what a, what a beautiful passage is that describes the work that Jesus like, will take on himself but with that is this understanding there are poor there are brokenhearted there are those whose life are not filled with joy and are distant, and that's there's a purpose of this ministry, and as we think about the story of Jesus, and we think about our world today, it's a mess, isn't it, and it has always been a mess, I mean, in the the beginning, in, in Genesis chapter 1, what do we have? We have God creating life and creating the universe, and, and this place upon which to live, and then the waters, and the land, and the, and the animals, and, and then man and women. And he gives us a place to live, and he gives us a purpose to live in. And in chapter 2, talks more directly even about that. And this is the grand place, paradise, the garden. And in chapter 3, what do we do? The one who gave us this turn our backs on him. Sin enters in the world and then death through sin and and there is separation and and this great place that God has made for us. We are kicked out. Adam and Eve are sent out on their way. We have this coming again and again as we read through the rest of the Old Testament in particular. We see story after story of where God says, this is the place I have you come to me and, and for times there is a return to him, but many times there is this falling away, a walking away from him. Uh, uh, so much so that uh, we, we, it's a theme that comes again and again, and God sends prophets to say, this is not okay what's happening here. Uh, the passage I want to spend a little time on today is, is in the, the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and he was called by God, but he was called to do something weird. Are you familiar with Hosea at all? Hosea is told to marry a a wife who is not going to be faithful to him. And he's got a picture for what God is doing throughout people's lives through that. Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. So his, his time where he brings prophecies is during the time of these kings. And verse 2 says, When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. Well, thanks, Lord. For, and this is his reason, For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. All right, so, so child number one is born, and he's named after this horrible massacre. This is the identifying thing. And then verse 6 goes on, Then Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. The Lord said to Hosea, Call her Ruhamah, which means not loved. For I will no longer show love to Israel, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah, and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or, or battle, but, or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. So Israel is forsaken by God because of their unfaithfulness. Lo-Ruhamah, not loved. How's that for a name? Well, that's not the end of it. Verse eight, after she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people. So Lo, and for both Lo-Ruhamah and Lo-Ami is not. And then Ruhama is loved and Ami is my people. For you are not my people, and I am not your God. Well, that's hardly an encouraging passage, is it? But that's how this starts with the, the book of Hosea and the description that is given. For this is what life is like. And it's not the only place we see that. Again and again, when God is dealing with his people, Israel and Judah, Again and again, he brings this message. In the book of, of, of Jeremiah, there's this interesting interaction that God has with people. In, in chapter 3, God writes a certificate of divorce to his people. This is the God who, as it's described in Malachi, hates divorce. God hates divorce. But he writes a certificate of divorce to his people because they're not been faithful And because they've walked away from him, he said, All right, then I divorce you from me. Uh, We see this in other prophecies as well. In the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 10, because of the people's unfaithfulness, there is this amazing picture of of the temple of the Lord. And as the people have been in exile, God says, Because of your unfaithfulness, I'm leaving you. And, And in chapter 10, the glory of the Lord departs from the temple. The temple was the house built for God. And in this amazing vision, this cloud comes up from the temple and leaves it abandoned. These are not great messages. But this is the life of messiness that, that, that we know. And we we look in our world today, life continues to be messy. Sin seems to be this rampant thing, and, and there's so much animosity and hatred and, and discord. Life has been a mess, and it's been that way always, from the very beginning, even in today. But God's gift has always been to call people back That in having sent them away, he says, come back to me. And so right after verse 9 of Hosea chapter 1, verse 10 enters in and says, Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said of them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. Uh, The picture there is Hosea is there recounting in the history of Israel. At one point, they were one country, led by first Saul and then David and then Solomon. But after Solomon leaves the scene and his son takes the reign as king, the kingdom splits and there's a northern kingdom called Israel and a southern kingdom called Judah. The people are not together. They had wars for some time with one another. Then they had alliances. But the picture that Hosea has given, at some, super, at some future time, I will call them back together. They will be my people once again and they will be one and they will have one leader. And, and this name of shame Jezreel will be a name of glory. Um, uh, let me just read uh, verses 14 to 23 as he continues this, this picture because th- this is beautiful display of, of the Lord wooing and courting back his people again. Verse 14 says, Therefore I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Acor a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from her lips. The Baals would have been other gods that, the, that, that their, faith, their unfaithfulness had gone to. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness, in justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord and that day I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies and they will respond to the earth and the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine and the olive oil and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Restoration is another theme that comes up again and again. In that same chapter in Jeremiah chapter 3, after God writes the certificate of divorce, he then comes back, return to me, faithless one, and have faith in me, and, and I will be your husband again. The divorce will be revoked, and they will be his people again. In Ezekiel, in chapter 10, where the glory of the Lord left his temple, in chapter 43, it comes back. And the cloud enters in and descends upon the temple again. Restoration. Reconciliation. This is the gift of God. And the gift of God, as it continues on, makes us family. This is a theme that comes again and again when when the Lord Jesus comes and and, and talks about what life is about and then we remember his coming during this time of year that that he came as a child in in vulnerability but then grew and taught people what the kingdom of God was all about. Who is this Jesus to us? As we come to him through faith, he's our brother the writer of the book of Hebrews, he he says that Jesus is our brother. We are co-heirs with him. We are connected with him. We have been adopted into God's family. That's what the offer is for those of us who have sinned, which is all of us, and separated ourselves from God who have walked away, and and the condemnation for that is, is, is clear, that God hates sin. But he also says, I love you and I want you to come back and I will do everything necessary for you to be able to come back. We see that story in the Old Testament, but we see it in its fulfillment and culmination in what Jesus does on our behalf. He calls us to be family. A couple passages, Paul speaks about this a lot. John talks about the lavishness of of being called the children of God and and just a couple passages from, from Paul's writing. The first in Romans chapter 8. Uh, this is verses 14 to 17. As he's talking about our life in Jesus. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you, you received you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. That's the picture. That's the call for us. That we are adopted as well. Then in Galatians chapter 4, something very similar said there uh, in verses 4 to 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father so you are no longer a slave but God's child and since you are his child God has made you also an heir this is the gift that he adopts us into his family that each of us sons and daughters of the Lord most high we're family and that's the extension that's made to all of us and it's something that sets and and, and puts forever. Adoption is, uh, well, some of you know about adoption. Some of you have been adopted or have adopted children. As I was talking about this last night, Henry and Susan were there, and, and Henry and I were talking about it. When he signed the adoption papers for his children, what it says on the birth certificate is the date of the birth, not the date of the adoption, the date of the birth of the child is on there. And the parent listed at the time of birth is Henry and Sue Moon. As far as the state is concerned, this child has always been their child. That's the legal standing. And God adopts us into his family. We are his fully. And all the things from the past are gone. We are his Sometimes that's hard to imagine, isn't it? My sister Kathleen and her husband Scott uh, adopted a, a, a girl from China. Uh, they had not been able to have children. They had several miscarriages along the way, and they longed to be able to raise, very much like our, our lady in the in the video there and and as they went to China, they adopted Hannah, and Hannah was about a year and a half old by the time they got her and brought her back home to the United States, and, and they spent some time with her, and were raising her, and, and they wanted to adopt another one, so they went through the process to do it again, and were going back to China to do that, and uh, our, our children, Stefan and Mike, had the opportunity to join them there, and go and, and be part of that, to help them in this task, but as they're there, they're their first daughter, Hannah, now three years old, began to demonstrate some kind of anxiety. And as they got down to it, this little three-year-old precious little girl, her thinking was, they're going back to trade me in on a different baby. They're going to get rid of me. That's what this is about. Where does that come from? It broke their hearts to be able to hear and, 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 and grasp what Shui was saying. And that's not what's happening at all. When we're adopted, we're part of the family. We are fully part of it. This year, have you come to grips with this fact that, that you've been adopted? that in receiving Christ as Savior, this awesome gift is a gift of adoption. And perhaps this is the Christmas where when you acknowledge God adopts you into His family as one of His kids. And perhaps this is the Christmas when you consider following in your heavenly Father's footsteps and you move towards demonstrating the love of God to another maybe by becoming adoptive parents of a child who needs a place to belong and and a family to call her own. Perhaps this is the year your family is in the homeless shelter or the senior center to care for others. Perhaps this is the year you adopt a grandparent or an extra aunt or uncle who have no no place else to go. Perhaps this is the Christmas to celebrate your gift as an adopted child of the king as you also consider giving the gift of funding all of or a portion of an adoption for a child who needs to experience what a healthy family who loves unconditionally is really all about. How will you celebrate this gift of Christmas called adoption this year? However you choose to celebrate the gift, do it with a heart of love that leads to a deep and abiding peace for you and for your family, whoever they are, because this gift is offered to us. That's part of the picture of what Christmas is. We are brothers and sisters with this child because of what he's done. Can we remember the, we know the story from the beginning to the end. We know the child was born, but he also grew up and, and grew in stature with men and with God, and taught people about God's kingdom, but went through the sacrifice on our behalf. All that comes together in the life that we live and the life that's extended to you. Many of you know well John 3.16. I saw it at the football game yesterday. What is John 3.16? God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And He calls you His child. Let us stand for closing prayer. Father, this morning we have been reminded that in the messiness of life, There's consequences to that. But as well, there is this constant call from you to come back, to be loved by you, and that you offer us this adoption, that we are your children that you care for, that you love, that you sent our brother Jesus to die for. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for the reminder of that in our communion table as well. That at the core of all the things that we believe, the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, that we might repent and be renewed and reconciled with you. It's a real offer you give us. Lord, help us to embrace that ourselves. But then, Lord, help us as well to extend that To those around us, our friends at school or at work, our our compadres in our organizations and, and clubs, Lord, may we live this out and extend it wherever we go. In the name and the power of our Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.